Blog Talk Radio. Firefly Willows L.I.V.E. presents The Amethyst Oracle, Divination with a Queer Twist, featuring your hosts, Heisey Luckmers and Charlie Harrington. The Amethyst Oracle. Delves into life, death, and everything betwixt between and beyond. Between and beyond. Between and beyond. With a clear twist. The Amethyst Oracle. Divination with a queer twist. And now, here are your hosts, Charlie Harrington and Heisey Wittenberg. And welcome to the show. I'm High C, and once again, we want to say <clears throat> sorry. Yes, once again, I want to say sorry. Uh, once again, we want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, this is the Amethyst Oracle, and my co-host, Charlie Harrington, will be joining us here ever so shortly. <clears throat> We're quite looking forward to tonight. Our uh, guest is going to... Um, introduce us to and kind of walk us through a slightly different way of using the Tarot, of enhancing readings, um, and I think you'll find it very interesting, as well as something, even if you're not used to or familiar with the Tarot, it's something that you will find is easy to pick up. You don't have to use the Tarot with it, and you'll find that it's something that you can very easily find around you and implement if you are looking for some sort of way to do a little bit of divination or oracular work in your everyday life. So I think that you'll quite enjoy that. <clears throat> and I'll just remind you that um, the shows are always available in the archives once we have aired live. You can find those on Blog Talk Radio at blogtalkradio.com slash live. Um, and you can also find them on iTunes. Just do a quick search for Firefly Willows Live, and it'll come right up where you can listen, download, or subscribe as a podcast in order to get not only this show, but every show that is uh, aired under the Firefly Willows L-I-V-E channel. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook uh, for The Amethyst Historical. Just go to Facebook. It's either facebook.com slash The Amethyst Historical, or just do a quick search for The Amethyst Historical. It'll come right up. Feel free to like the page. We're happy to hear from you. We're happy to hear your comments, your suggestions, your questions, your insights, if you are um, uh, listening along, if you're doing something along with us uh, on the in a technique that we're using or in one of the segments that we do, um, we're certainly happy to hear your feedback about either cards that came up or uh, whatever tool might be being used, um, or if you pulled something or have something, we, we'd love to continue the conversation there. So again, that's the Amethyst Oracle on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Amethyst Oracle. <clears throat> and uh, tonight, if you would like to get a reading, we always have a segment um, where you have the chance, you, the listener, to call in and receive a reading live on the air. And if you would like to receive a reading, you can get into the queue 
by either Skyping in from the show page or you can call 646-716-5510. And you can do that at any time during the show. That'll get you into the queue. And then when we get to the reading segment, we will start going through people um, based on how long they've been waiting. So the earlier you get into the queue, the sooner you would get a reading once we come to that segment of the show. Uh, We also have our monthly Living the Queer Life segment um, which offers you the chance, well, we, we use different tools to pull something to see how we can live our fullest and most fabulous queer selves in the coming month. And that has nothing to do with sexuality and everything to do with our own uniqueness in the world and being able to fully embrace it and live it as authentically as possible. So that's all coming up in the show. And I will now welcome to the studio my co-host, Charlie Harrington. Hello, Charlie. Oh, wait, that's me. It is. Hi, how's it going? Hi, C, how have you been? It is going very well. I have to say I've been doing very well. I've been very happy here in California. We've had a bit of rain, and while it hasn't really done much to help our drought situation, it was certainly a relief just to have moisture falling from the sky and not (laughs) feel so dry. Uh, And I have to tell you, I also, over the weekend... Uh, went to RuPaul's Drag Race Battle of the Seasons. RuPaul's Drag Race, for anyone that doesn't know, is a television show. It's basically a reality show competition for drag queens for who's going to be the next uh, America's next drag superstar for the year. Mm. And uh, it's been on, I think, for six or seven seasons now. But the Battle of the Seasons was great. It had like six or seven people from different seasons there. I think all of them, well, most of them are like favorites of mine. Uh, and, you know, the the host, Bianca Del Rio, uh, was hilarious, who does stand-up comedy. If you ever have a chance to see Bianca Del Rio, go. Now, let me just tell you, if you are sensitive and don't like things that are politically incorrect and a little bit r- raunchy, and if you don't like to laugh, then don't go see her. Otherwise, run to see her, because she is so <laughs> hilarious, I just cannot tell you. Um, I, I'll give you a couple of choice lines that she said, for example. Uh, you know, there was a, a person who was, who was heckling her from the audience a bit. Ooh, no one should ever choose Bianca Del Rio, let me just tell you. Uh, and so she called that woman right up on stage. And so, you know, Bianca being Bianca, she looked at her and she was like, so I, I'm, I'm, assuming that that dress was on sale because it's obviously half off. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then the woman said she was a mother and she had three kids. And Bianca Del Rio was like, well, I'm actually not surprised that you're a mother or that you have three kids. I'm just surprised that you found three people to beep you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, for, just I'll like a diviner, it. sometimes the truth is the, the you know, the the, the best know. course. And and for her dress, she also said, you know, obviously it looks as if somebody just opened a can of biscuits and said, here, pour this into a dress and shoes. <laughs> um, I know, I know, I know. And then, of course, one of the most politically incorrect, so sensitive ears turn away now. She saw someone next to the stage. She's like, oh, well, of course. Look, there's an Asian right next to the stage, obviously willing to pay more to be able to see. <laughs> and <laughs> the, person, the person said, I'm not Asian. And Bianca was like, oh, well, then you need to get some eye drops. Um, oh, no. <laughs> well, she's a, yeah. 
They say that but, she's the next incarnation of um, Joan Rivers. So yes, so so it was a hilarious. Show. I mean, it wasn't just her, but it, all of the performances were amazing. So I just mm. wanted to share that. It was just on Saturday, and it was a great show, and I really enjoyed it. And I just wanted to say, yay! <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Let's see. Um, I had an okay. Here's an exciting tarot adventure. I uh, I correctly predicted the Super Bowl as a narrow win for the Patriots. And that felt incredibly butch for me. <laughs> like, uh, I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Well, I was expecting it because I just did the, 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 <laughs> and, the, and, the and prediction. Me, and, and tell me, what, what was this experience like for you, feeling butch? Um, well, first of all, it's <laughs> terrifying. It's just terrifying. Who wants to live like that? And then um, there, were, there were a couple of saving graces. One, there's that whenever you predict something that's instantly verifiable, <laughs> like in, in a very uh, obvious way to everyone. It's a little terrifying because you, you start to wonder, like, what if what if, what if if there's nothing to all of this? What if I'm just a big fake? You know, what if these are just cardboard and there's no meaning? You know, what if I, and then, then, you, then you get it right. You're like, I am a psychic. I am the Oracle <laughs> of Delphi. You can be astounded by no my power. Yes, you know, it was a 50-50 chance, and by that, and then, and then when um, your, like, least favorite uh, favorite blogger in the world predicted it incorrectly, <laughs> it was, a, it was a, you know, that was as much fun as being right, as having that person be wrong, so, ah, basking in that joy and gloriousness, so, but I'm really excited to have such a charming guest on the show tonight. Do you see do you see Is what I did true? there? I see. I, I do, I do. And and, and I will say and I, I will talk about this with her, of course. Oh good heavens. Hello. That's her right now. Oh um, goodness. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. Um you know, and we'll talk about this with her as well, but we also have something to look forward to coming up this weekend, which is Pantheacon. Yes. That the annual conference of pagans from around the world that descend upon San Jose for four days. Like uh, in <laughs> And, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, Pantheacon is basically a pagan conference, and it's a great thing to come to if you've ever just been curious about anything under the pagan umbrella, because you have a chance to try something, find out something, meet somebody, uh, ask questions, explore a bit, all for a very, very reasonable price of $80 for four days. So it's like, you know, nothing but a deal, nothing but a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Uh, do you want to talk, maybe just mention very quickly uh, one of the aspects that we're going to be talking about with Karen Krebser, our guest, coming up. But, you know, you, you had a little bit of interaction and even a little bit of influence on the person that created some of the most well-known <laughs> um, sets that are used for this kind of work. Well, every true mystical visionary should have a uh, schlocky PR person to talk to every once in a while so that you can um, uh, bounce, you know, take your, 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 your magical, mystical vision for the better tomorrow and uh, have them help you get it on the road. So, no, um, I mean, uh, Carrie Paris has been working on her charming oracle or her magpie oracles for quite some time. I think that was um, a couple of years, was it three years ago that the Magpie Lenormand came out? And uh, what 
and I was I was instantly taken with it, and I've I've taken a couple of classes with Carrie. I if I had any influence, it's very small on on the her she, her latest deck. Uh, well, she calls it a deck. It's a set of charms came out. That's the Tarot Talismans, and it contains 22 charms for the Major Arcana, four charms each for the Court card. So four Court charms for suit charms and a die that will a ten sided die that will help you figure out which uh minor arcana the suits are pointing to. So just like the magpie oracle that we'll be using on tonight's show, you can use the tarot talismans to have a tarot specific um divination uh oracular system to work to to play with. Whereas so tarot, whereas the magpie oracle the symbols are just a bit more iconic. There's uh, a pair of scissors, a heart, these things. Um, the tarot talismans are coded to the tarot cards in the same way that the magpie oracle was coded to the individual cards of the Linnermon. And I have to tell you, I'm impressed that she can find so many vastly specific little tiny metal charms uh, to use in these sets. So I'm hoping to see a lot more sets from Carrie Paris. Uh, in the future, maybe my my uh, well, I, I I have some specific ideas about smaller sets that she can add um, that people can add on to their their growing uh, trove of treasures, and then I don't know I I envision it one day maybe we can all be like uh, at, at tarot conferences we'll be like um, exchanging them with each other like their collector items like when you go to Disneyland and you have to get the collector pins. I could see us um, all. It's like I want. I want to put together the ultimate magic, of, you know, Magic the Gathering deck. I want to yes. put together the ultimate magpie oracle and oracle charms absolutely. collection. And you go and be like, well, you can have this penguin um, in exchange for that Medusa head, you know, like whatever it is, right? <laughs> Which may both be terms that I've thought about. You know? and, and and then will people start to value certain ones more? So it'll be like, well, this Medusa head is worth three yeah. uh, charms. So you better give me that penguin, that ballet dancer, and that noose for this Medusa. There we go. <laughs> oh my goodness, sold. So um, it's fun. It's very cool. And of course, you can use these uh, from oracular work. Some people use them for magical work for people who. Um, like to make mojo charm bags or little spell charm bags. Often people will sew a charm onto the front of the bag um, to uh, codify it, what it's for. So I've I've seen like a little crown uh, charm used on a success bag or a dollar sign charm for a uh, money money spell. So that sort of thing. So. Um, it's a lot of fun to use. And for me, I think one of the really cool things, and then we can talk to Karen about this, that I find with this type of work is the the, the physical casting of it. Uh, you know, if you look at it, maybe like in a, a movie like The 13th Warrior or something where someone is, uh, they have a, a rune reader or a bone reader or someone, uh, there, there are a lot of films in which uh, a diviner comes out and they, they throw the bones. And this type of divination, seeing the patterns in that feels just like it. It feels very magical. And if I can plug another book, um, Michelle Jackson has a website and a book. It's called um, uh, Bones, Shells, and Curios. 
she studied the sort of the African origins of uh, this type of oracular casting, and she has a lot of traditional knowledge of how to use this type of tool. Um, so uh, it's interesting. Both you know, she and Carrie both have studied it, but um, for, uh, Michelle Jackson says she prefers not to use anything with metal. She likes to, to use only natural items in um, her casting uh, oracles, and uh, Carrie prefers uh, metal than bone to bone and shells. And so that's uh, that's a, another source if you want more information on the, the traditional uh, elements of this type of divination. Michelle Jackson, uh, bones, shells, and curios. And you know, and I think that that's just like you know some people like. Tarot cards. Some people like astrology. Some people like runes. None, yeah. none of it's wrong. It's mm-hmm. just you know finding what works best for you and what you like, and working with that without having to cast aspersion and judgment on others for what they do. I save that for <laughs> <laughs> for your favorite bloggers. Um, so I think that having kind of given that little ramp up, we should go ahead and we'll take a a, a quick little. Uh, break and then we will bring in Karen to start having a little bit of a chat. What does that sound for you? I think that's fantabulous. Excellent. At Firefly Willows L-I-V-E, we're working hard to be your trusted source for fun, enlightening, and heart-centered information and community. And we're passionate about the art of transformative media the new leading edge of communication in our highly connected, media-rich world. If you're passionate about facilitating change and you have gifts or ideas you'd like to share, come join us, host a show, or be a guest, or connect us to an amazing speaker or teacher whose message is too good to miss. There's always room for courageous, knowledgeable changemakers, inspired artists, and new ideas. Let us know you're interested. Send an email to info at fireflywillows.com. We're Firefly Willows, L-I-V-E, helping you find and shine your inner light. You're listening to the Amethyst Oracle, Divination with a Queer Twist, with hosts Hi C and Charlie Harrington on Firefly Willows, L-I-V-E. Find out more at Facebook.com slash The Amethyst Oracle. Enjoy the show. I'd like to keep my shoes strong 
The Amos Historical welcomes this month's guest, Karen Krebser, a seer, a diviner, and a card reader, a writer, a poet, a dramatist, and an all-around, self-described creative goober. Karen has been living and working in the San Francisco Bay Area all of her life and has been engaged in spiritual practices for almost as long, if not longer. She's been actively studying the Tarot for almost 20 years and providing insightful and creative readings publicly for over 10 years. In addition to Tarot and Cardomancy studies, her activities and explorations in several different spiritual traditions have brought her into a closer relationship with her ancestral origins. She is a pagan and an animist, and she believes that pretty much everything is alive and we're all in relationship with everything. Karen has a master's degree in English literature from San Jose State University with an additional emphasis in creative writing. She is an avid and passionate fan of drama, particularly Elizabethan, since childhood. In addition to her cardomancy readings and blog work via the Muses Darling website, Karen is also currently working on a graphic novel, several plays that explore the themes of identity, chaos, and vengeance, and other cool and interesting stuff that, quite frankly, serves to keep her out of jail. So please join Charlie and Hi C in welcoming to the Amethyst Oracle, Karen Krebser. What a wonderful introduction. Hello, can you hear me? Oh yes, we can hear you. But the studio audience is so ready for you. Oh, I'm uh, having trouble. All right, people, quiet down, quiet down, people, quiet down. Karen is here. Oh, there you are. They get excited. Oh, they do. Oh, bless their hearts. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you? Thank you so much. Hi. I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? Well, well, I'm great. I'm going to say that we are great. (laughs) We're great. Oh, outstanding. Excellent. And thanks for your your patience. Mercury Retrograde, its last day has just been a bit of a... Well, I'm just going to say it. Oh it's just been a bit of a bitch for Blog Talk Radio it's because there have been all sorts of issues. That. So, oh, well, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? Well, well it's Mercury well. Retrograde in Aquarius, so it's going to affect electronics and things far more readily. But we are yeah. all here now. We will relax. We are stress-free. We have entered uh-huh. into a charmed hour for us to take uh, a little journey. <laughs> you see what oh, we're doing excellent. there for the show, everything. Yes, I, 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 Puns I outstanding. Stop, I Very well done. <laughs> huh? <sighs> puns oh, that's great. Oh, oh I yeah. love the puns. <laughs> um, so yeah. um, uh, maybe we could just start, maybe you could just give us a little background in terms of how you came to Tarot and, and, and the, the role it plays in your life. Oh, well, sure. I'd be happy to. Uh, I began at the tarot, using the tarot um, kind of askance. I come from a very um, uh, devout Irish Roman Catholic background. And so 
uh, anything to do with anything that even smacked of the occult was demonized in uh, the church and uh, in my household because it was strange and unknown and different. And so I was actually quite afraid of it for a long time, but drawn to it back again and again. And finally, one trip to the Renaissance Fair uh, up in Black Point Forest. I don't know if you guys ever got out to it when it was up there in the, uh, well, both of you are too young for the 80s, but uh, in the 90s, uh, it was still going on. And, it, oh, God, it was just so wonderful, just magic permeating the ground. And I wandered up through um, a pathway that led through these um, sort of like traveler uh, Romani uh, uh, caravans and tents and there were belly dancers off to one side and the mullah's tea and coffee shop off to the other side and there was a stall in the middle selling uh, all of this sort of what I know now to be metaphysical accoutrements that were just calling to me and so I crept up to it and uh, I was almost afraid I was going to get struck by lightning and I bought my first pack of tarot cards. And uh, I'm thinking of Carrie Paris's story of uh, her first tarot deck, where she says she just, she stole it. She grabbed the deck and ran. And I didn't have anywhere near that guts. Uh, I wish I had a cool story like that, but I didn't. I paid for it, and I went and sat down and just started looking at the images, and the symbology of it just hooked me immediately. Um, being a poet and working with poetry and drama the way I do, I'm automatically tuned in to um, the things that I can observe. I'm very plugged in visually. So symbology, um, the movement, I'm kind of like a cat in that way. <laughs> Any kind of movement that passes in front of my face, I notice things. And so the tarot provided a very rich and also enriching way of exploring spiritual concepts and uh, even non-spiritual sort of emotional relationship ideas that I hadn't been able to explore in any other way. And uh, just kind of seeing uh, human dynamics framed in a different way, the way they are in the tarot. And, of course, the first deck I had was um, the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. And uh, so I was looking at what I imagine now we would think of as these archetypes, um, you know, because back then, this was, I think, 19, maybe the late 80s or early 90s, um, I uh, we didn't have as many decks then as there are now. I mean, of course, there were uh, there were quite a few, but now there must be a thousand, maybe even more uh, tarot decks. And I back then I was just focused on this one, and I began to study it. And I bought a book uh, by Mary Greer, who will also be at PantheaCon. I'm so excited to get to see her again. And uh, anyway, I read her book, uh, Tarot for Yourself, and that opened up my eyes. And I, ever since then, I started reading for myself, and then I slowly began putting together a practice where I started reading for other people. 
And then just the way other people, I'm sure everybody starts this way, where you begin reading for your friends and then you get more confidence and then you start reading for people like friends of friends and then the circle just sort of builds outward and outward. And um, so that's how I got started. And I started up my blog, uh, The Muses Darling, maybe about a year ago. And I had one before that where I was also doing daily draws. And it's only been this year with the Muses Darling that I've started using charms with the tarot as well, uh, since Carrie came out with her magnificent magpie oracles. And uh, I've, I've been doing that ever since. And have you found that you've gravitated more towards the psychological approach in using tarot or the fortune-telling approach, or are you finding that that's shifting in some way? Well, it, it does shift. Um, I found that when I began studying it uh, and using it, it had to be more of a, um, a psychological approach and a more emotional approach because I wasn't ready to face the emotional depths. I wasn't ready to... Uh, plumb those depths. Uh, but spirituality is my sort of the natural seas upon which I sail. And so that came up for me more and more in more and more a pronounced way. And so uh, I began to take it into spiritual places. And I started using decks that were uh, more guided or created in spiritual uh, according to spiritual systems like goddess decks, for example, or decks based on Egyptian mythology. Or uh, the deck that I'm using most often now is uh, the the Giants Tarot, which is based in North, uh, North, Norse mythology. But I'm also using Ellen Lorenzi Prince's magnificent Dark Goddess Tarot. And that's also very spiritual. Um, and so that's kind of where it's taken me and, and where I've flowed with it uh, throughout the course of my studies. Uh, but I will do, um, I will kind of back off of the spiritual side and read with a more uh, either fortune telling or uh, a more sort of emotional, psychological uh, aspect or layer to it if that's my audience. Uh, if I'm doing a party, for example, um, or like a bachelorette party or, you know, some a family reunion or something like that, people really don't want to go that deep. You know, they, they just want to know about, you know, the next boyfriend. Does he really love me? Am I going to, you know, uh, am I going to get pregnant? Am I going to, you know, and that doesn't take the, you know, contacting goddesses or, or the, you know, any of the other systems, the gods and the divinities, and getting that deep. Um, so it just depends uh, for me on the audience for whom I'm reading. And you had an uh, an emphasis in creative writing in your, your studies at university. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering, have you incorporated Tarot into the creative writing process in any way, or has that kind of stayed separate for you? Well, it's so, it's a wonderful question. Um, I think the study of the Tarot has, it hasn't come across 
um, in a big, bold way, or at least not in the past. It may in the future. But it's definitely found its way in in a much more subversive way in that um, I talk uh, or, well, write um, so with, uh, with such a um, an emphasis on metaphor and symbol and story, uh, what this what the card is saying or what the cards together are saying, what the story is that they're telling, um, and that can't help but eventually inform any creative writing that I do. So um, that they're not working hand in hand obviously or on the surface level but i definitely think they're connected um on a sort of a subconscious level right on now so for this yeah. upcoming weekend we're very excited about your uh workshop that you're going to be teaching at PantheaCon. Uh, can you tell us a little bit yeah. about what that will involve sure sure yeah i'm uh, i'm very excited to be doing it too um, it's a way of using casting charms or uh, the uh, casting oracles to talk to your ancestors. Mm. And uh, yeah, I I think that uh, we haven't really had a whole lot of opportunities to do that um, either, you know, at PantheCon or pretty much anywhere else. Uh, you know, at least not that I've seen. And so I, I thought I, I do, as a part of my spiritual practice, I do a lot of ancestor work. And um, I love being able to put the two together. And so what I decided to do for this class, and I'm so excited to be able to share it, is I'm using um, this basic compass uh, and the compass is basically, if you come to the class, you'll see it's basically just a circle divided into four, and the four directions are on it. And the idea is that uh, each one of your grandparents goes into one of the quadrants. And then we will take some time to uh, add, basically just free associate what each, both what each direction means to you and write that down on the uh, the little piece of paper with the compass and then also what associations you have with each grandparent or that lineage if you have any in, in a, one of the tragedies I think of, of a modern American culture is that we don't go back so many of us we don't go back further than maybe like two or three generations of known ancestors and the known dead um, and so we have to rely on doing visions and meditative work in order to meditative journeying, sort of shamanic practices in order to access that information because we just don't have it. You know, so many of our ancestors were uh, coming from other places and were leaving behind, you know, terrible war-torn situations or were refugees themselves. And that's mm -hmm. true even today. Um and so using these shamanic practices is the only way that a lot of us are able to access that information. And then anyway, so the idea will be to get that down onto the uh, the compass, just in writing down notes of like a, a single word or a small phrase uh, in um, uh, on in the quadrant for each direction and each grandparent. 
And then I will bring along a gigantic sack of <laughs> found objects, um, like dice and puzzle pieces and little river rocks and uh, little game pieces, little toys. And everybody at the beginning of the class will will take maybe a good 20 minutes or so uh, setting up their own oracle and grabbing a handful of these things. Um, and it doesn't even matter what they are. And then I, I provide everybody with a little uh, table, that they, I mean, uh, like a piece of paper with a table on it, and you write down in one column what the item is. And then in the next column, you just write down what you want that thing to mean. So that becomes your casting oracle. And you take like maybe 10 pieces out of the bag. Mm -hmm. And so you create your uh, your oracle. And then, of course, if you already have casting charms, please do bring them because you can use those as well. And then uh, the idea will be uh, there'll be a, a little bit of meditation um, and uh, it'll be a guided meditation I'll take you on. And then after that, uh, we'll be doing casting over the compass to see which, how your your casting charms fall. Um, and the charms could be, for example, uh, you might have one dice or one die that is for family. Uh, you may have little toy pieces for each of your relatives. Maybe another piece, a puzzle piece that represents your work. Um, and then other pieces that represent significant relationships uh, and maybe another piece that means money or something like that. I mean, it, they can mean anything that's coming up for you right now that you have questions about. And then the idea will be to cast them over the compass and see how they relate and what the connections are, what the patterns might be. Um, do you have more uh, charms falling in the north, for example, than anywhere else? Well, what do you associate with the north? Is that where you find mother? Is that, I mean, it, do you need to take a trip to the mountains? Do you need to really get rooted and grounded? Is that where your, um, your idea of earth is? And how will that help you find the answers that you're looking for? Or is everything falling under fire in the south? Uh, uh, and how how can you bring your passion to it? Um, it is anything falling on anybody's name in particular? Uh, like, for example, if you had a very close relationship with, say, a grandmother, um, does she want to talk to you? And that might come up as well. Um, and so that's the basic idea. And and. There's, you could go so deep with this work, and uh, there's, but there's just no room to in an hour and a half. There's, it's only mm -hmm. yeah. uh, just scratching the surface. But hopefully, uh, my my hope is to get people interested enough to want to pursue it, and I hope mm -hmm. to be able to bring a list of resources that people can go to for doing further ancestor work. Um, not only with me, of course, but they can also do, uh, you know, find shamanic practitioners here in the Bay Area or where they happen to live, because I know Panthea Khan um, welcomes people from everywhere. And, you know, looking into that work themselves, even if it's online, um, and pursuing it that way. And then they'll be able to leave with the charm set that they created, too. And then, oh, you know, of course, I'll tell them 
uh, to just start gathering things. You know, it's a collection oracle. And the idea is to, whenever you see something that has an emotional charge for you or that you notice, um, start adding, just toss it in and, you know, add it to the mix. And, and pretty soon your set of charms will become this wonderful, magical oracle that is uniquely yours. And that's what I've been doing with Carrie's wonderful sets. I've got um, them in a bowl here. I used to have them in a wine glass because mm-hmm. I just thought that was an awesome way to use them. Definitely. Uh, but the wine glass, I don't have a wine glass big enough, which <laughs> right. actually probably says something wrong about me. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, I just uh, went to Target, <clears throat> and I got a, a nice little ceramic bowl, and I emptied in um, both her Magpie Oracles 1 and 2, and then I ordered, uh, dumped in a um, a set of runes. The Elder Futhark runes are in here. And then any time I come across anything that resonates with me, um, and it's small enough, you know, like it could fit in the palm of my hand, or maybe be a little smaller, kind of like the size between the size of a dime and a quarter. Um, I will just add it. And, you know, allow, make sure that I know what it means to me or what I want it to mean um, so that it has its own identity. And then I add it to to the bowl. And and it's just been, excuse me, uh, a wonderful reading tool. What I love is that, so for the, um, the particular type of divination that you created, you're doing for the workshop, it's both elaborate but also intuitive. Um, I think that there's so much with this type of Oracle system with so much going on, I think it, uh, it could seem daunting to someone, but I like that. So in the beginning you have the person define the casting Mm -hmm. chart for themselves, which, um, that, that is good because it gets people thinking about it. I've seen people, um, for the first time they try and use it, this type of Oracle, they take a handful of charms and they just throw them on the table in front of them and they look at it and uh-huh. they sort of look at you and they say like, I don't get it. Like there's a skull uh-huh. like that. Like, you know, they, uh-huh. I like that how much planning and primer <laughs> you have uh, packed in there. because <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I, I, you're absolutely right. I agree with you completely. I have done, um, I, I, I don't know which set of carries you've got or if you've got both of them, um, but the the second set has over 70 charms in it. Mm-hmm. And the first set, I think, has 40 or 36, the, um, the same as the Lenormand cards. So if you're casting all of that together, that's, a, I, sorry, I can't like arithmetic at the moment, but it's like 120 charms, you know, something like that, 110, 120. And um, if you are trying to read all of that or even half of that, that's enormous. That, that's, in my opinion, is way too much because all of them want to talk all at once. You know, so imagine having a conversation with 50 people all at the same time. It's kind of like when you <laughs> first you buy a tarot deck, if you, like, immediately lay out a Celtic cross, you know, yeah, as, as right. a day one as a reader. It's just a lot of information to take in and decipher. So I like that 
you're limiting it to about 10. And also uh, the idea of um, defining the casting sheet. I've noticed the more mm-hmm. people do that, the, the more success they have. I know that, so like Michelle Jackson, who does Her Bones, Shells, and Curios, Divination, she, again, chooses the circle and chooses the directions. And for her, it's sort of like the left is the past, the right is the future, the up mm-hmm. is whatever, like kind of heavenly. Uh, yeah. You know, and then that that gives you sort of a reference point for, um, yeah. for that thing. Actually, like uh, my Wiccan tradition uses just colored beads and um yeah. and use them in we just sort of like northeast southwest and i like that i really love that you decided to have people define what the directions mean for them because now right when when someone asks you so what does it mean if this is in the south you know like oh, there's a bird in the south and you can say i don't know what what does it mean yeah what does <laughs> it mean i mean what what do birds mean for you and what does the South mean for you? Because I know that there are some uh, traditions that actually put fire in the North. Mm-hmm. And who's to say they're wrong to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's not where, I mean, for me, um, I'm very much oriented so that like earth and iron and mother and blood and all of that, that's in the North. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. That I mean, I have no... Uh, a compunction that anybody else should agree with me and if people are especially if they're working with their ancestors and their own people it makes sense to want to reach out in a way that those people will understand you know instead of forcing them into uh, a sort of a paradigm or a modality that doesn't work or that is uh, in any way sort of um, unfamiliar and so it just seems like whatever is intuitively correct for the person sitting in the chair and looking at the compass. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I will say um, at the, in the class um, to kind of check in with your ancestors, with your grandparents, and uh, whether they're, if they're alive still, you just want to kind of speak to their higher self. And if they've passed on, um, You'll want to just reach out against the higher self, but in the ancestor form. And you'll want to find out where they want to go, where the lineage for them is most resonant. Um, And that that may change over time as well. Um, When I first started doing ancestor work, uh, the very first meditation I did uh, to associate uh, a grandparent with a direction um, my mother's mother's people were almost bossy and pushy about being in the East. And it's kind of funny because my grandmother is really bossy and pushy, or she was really bossy mm-hmm. and pushy. So, yeah, I mean, and she was very uh, much focused on um, uh, business acumen and intelligence and education. So it made sense to me to, uh, to put her and that lineage in with the air. But now, uh, whenever I reach out to her, she and the lineage are in the West. It's like she and uh, my mother's mother's people and my father's mother's people have switched sides. And I think that has more to do with me and how I'm seeing them and how I'm working with them and what level I'm at with them than it does, 
you know, where they want to be. They just, I guess, want to be able to associate with whatever frequency I'm on. Mm-hmm. You know, that if that makes sense. I don't mean to Absolutely. get too entirely woo-woo about the whole thing. I, I know you really can't believe about this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> get those guns this loud yeah. now. So we, we are no, nothing yeah. if not woo-woo. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, um, and hooray. You're right on. So um, you mentioned sort of the, the process of accumulating the charms, and I like that you've got one item in there that's sort of got its own, that it's it's already its own system, which is like the, with the runes. But when you're looking uh-huh. for the charms, one thing I've been wondering is uh, the question of balance. How important uh-huh. is it to include symbols that are challenging or concerning or dark or that sort well, of thing in your oracle? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. Um, I think I, okay. I, I think it's a personal uh, decision mm-hmm. for each, each individual, but one of the first extra charms that I added to the um, the bowl of Carrie's oracles was a bone, and mm-hmm. uh, the bone for me represents the idea. It um, Carrie calls it the hollow bone, and she defines it as how the div- uh, how the divine enters the body. And uh, she said that I think at at one of the classes I took uh, from her at um, uh, uh, a shop a bookstore here in um, Mountain View in the Bay Area. But I love the idea, and mm-hmm. it just so happens that I'd found a bone, and I was able to make that association. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and I was comfortable with including it. I'm also comfortable uh, with including dark symbols because life itself has dark elements, mm-hmm. and I want to incorporate those in my readings, at least for myself. Um, because I want to know what's coming or I want to know if there's darkness um, or if I'm engaging in despair thinking or if I'm somehow uh, activating that kind of energy. I want that to be able to be represented in the reading. And if I don't have anything except the uh, lighter-oriented charms, then... I'm not going to get that information. I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. gonna, that data point will be missed. Now, that's not to say that the people who choose to not include that information are wrong. Um, it's just that I'm making a different choice. Um, and I will ask people when I do readings for them, um, or I not so much ask them anymore. When I first mm-hmm. started, I asked people if they were okay with the tarot. And now I'm I'm telling people, like, look, life is light and dark, and that's why there are dark cards. And if you have any issues or fears that come up when and if a certain card presents itself, or in the case of the charms, if a certain charm comes up, like the coffin or the cross or something else, mm-hmm. um, Carrie also has a uh, a bullet shell, like a, a bullet casing, mm-hmm. in uh, one of her sets of charms. And that's been coming up for me a lot lately. And I've really had to face, like, oh, my God, not this thing again. Okay, <laughs> how am I engaging in self-destructive behavior? Uh, am I, you know, throwing out energy at people, at other people that's negative? 
um, or, you know, people who don't deserve it. I mean, how, how am I, um, how, what is that representing about how I am in the world? And I would want to be able to share that if I was doing a reading for somebody and that came up. And I do warn them and tell them that there is that element in there. But I also say, like I said, um, that it's because life is that way and we can talk about it if you have fears that come up. And it probably, if you get the devil, it probably doesn't mean that Beelzebub is sitting on your head. But, you know, we can look at that. (laughs) Well, and I think that that speaks to, because you're talking, when you were talking about, like, creating your own sets of charms and gathering things. And, you know, when you see something that really speaks to you or resonates for you or emotionally uh, triggers you in some way, um, you know, especially if you're going to do something for other people using that system as well, it's to recognize that maybe if you have a snake as one of your charms and that's one of your negative indicators, but you throw them out for someone and they see the snake and they're like, oh, I love snakes. And they're like going on about what a wonderful thing that must indicate for whatever reason Mm -hmm. to not try to talk them out of that. To say, right. no, that's not what it means. It means something bad right. versus allowing that, even though that may not be your personal relationship or right. interpretation of it. Yeah, and I think that's very true. Uh, it's it's wonderful that you bring up the snake because the in the Lenormand system of cards, uh, card reading and also with the Lenormand charms, if you're reading specifically within that system, um, you are called upon or at least invited to read with a very narrow description of what each charm means and or what each card means. And the, I, this is one of the reasons why I love Carrie broke away from the cards and went to charms is that she's kind of breaking that tradition mm-hmm. and um, adding in a different way, a different modality, and a different dimension, really, uh, taking the cards from into a different uh, dimension of possibility, I think, by allowing them to uh, work with each other in a different way so that people can add their own meanings to them. So I, I can see, you know, that there there are people who will say they will look at the snake and go oh you know that's that's negative that's evil betrayal. that's bad <laughs> you know betrayal right yeah, or that's treachery. a viper mm. or something but mm. it really does have the possibility of meaning a wise woman you know mm. that the um there that association exists also with both the card and the charm and mm. it's it so it really is uh, dependent upon the person that you're reading for and how they respond to what you've cast, but also how um, the charms themselves and the cards interact with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, what what elements of each definition are being brought to light by the um, uh, which, uh, which other charms have also, or cards have also fallen. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? It does. You know, yeah. so that you're you're working with and looking for patterns mm-hmm. and the patterns will shift um each time you cast. Mm-hmm. Which so I now, think is really cool. 
when you um, and when you're doing this type of reading, I'd love to hear more about how you feel about. So, the we've mentioned like figuring out what this symbol means and what the symbol means in this quadrant or in this part of the chart. How do you like to? How do you go about reading the sort of constellations that are formed by the symbols, um, like the pairings or? Yeah. Now, if I have a layout um, that I've cast onto, mm-hmm. uh, that will help. That will, um, especially if I'm casting a lot of charms at once, mm-hmm. um, because that will provide a sort of map to allow me to associate um, a charm with the word that it's fallen on or the the space on the page that it's fallen on or the space on the design in the layout that it's fallen on. Um, and so that I, I get information from it that way. And I also get information um, from what uh, other charms have fallen nearby and how do they link to each other. Does that make sense? Or is that mm-hmm. answering your question? Or am yeah. I so like, could you give maybe here? an example for someone who's, because one of the things, so if someone, they they throw the cards, they look at you, and they're like, I don't know what this means. And then you're kind of like, okay, what is the direction? What is the symbol? But um, you need little tips or tips sure. to win. Sure, okay. Yeah, like if we're looking at, for example, the compass, and say I have my mother's mother in the east mm-hmm. and my father's mother in the west, and then the the grandfathers in the north and the south. But we'll just mm-hmm. focus on the mother's mothers for, for the time being. Sure. And I take a handful of charms. And usually what I'll do is I'll mix up. You can hear me doing this as, mm-hmm. as, as you're speaking. I'll mix like this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'll be maybe saying a prayer or calling in um, my, uh, my very wonderful woo-woo helpers. And then I will grab a handful and get a few more and then just kind of sprinkle them across the page. And sometimes I'll do that with my eyes closed if I really want it to be a blind draw. And um, and then I'll open my eyes and just see, first of all, what falls where. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, I, I have to just mention to you now that even though there was no like real um, – question behind my my draw just now as I reached Mm -hmm. in the claw and brought out uh, a handful of charms, the bullet shell casing came out. No, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) It's real. (laughs) I'm like, what? Oh, Oh, no. What are you doing? What are you doing to me? Uh, So uh, that's something I have to look at. It's very interesting that that came out. But I would, okay, so then I I sprinkled it uh, on my uh, imaginary ancestor compass and in the west where my mother's mother's people would be I have um, the scrabble tile with the letter I and the number one on it which I associate with the self and then I also have the needle which I associate with thrift and with craftsmanship and with making do mm-hmm. and that tells me that um, I'm, I'm currently going through, a, I'm between jobs at the moment, so financially things are a little in flux. And so I'm understanding that my grandmother's people, my mother's mother's people, are talking to me about self-reliance 
and about uh, maybe instead of going out and buying new things, which I don't really have the money for anyway right now, Mm -hmm. but uh, instead mending things or making my own new things or making do with what I have and really relying on um, those uh, talents that I get from that side of the family, which are uh, being very clever and creative about making things last. And then on uh, the other side, uh, where my father's mother's people are, now these people I haven't spoken about, uh, but uh, they're very witchy people Mm -hmm. here, very very associated with um, the Norse uh, um, uh, spiritual system. And a rune came up for me that's called Perthro, which is the great well. And mm-hmm. it's the well of um, that Odin hung. Uh, I think he sacrificed an eye to mm-hmm. get a drink, a single drink out of the well to be able to tell the future, to foretell the future. Funny, it's sometimes also so, called the dice cup, right? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's it. And so that's there. And right next to it, lo and behold, there's the dice. And it's it's fallen on the number six. And so I, I don't really have any association with the number six except the Orisha Shango. Um, the Orisha, I've, I've done some spiritual work in, in the last maybe three or four years with um, the Yoruban spirituality system out of West Africa, out of Nigeria, called Ifa. And uh, actually, some of the the practitioners of Ifa come to Pantheacon every year, and uh, it's just wonderful that they've, uh, they're being included. And you know, there's more and more African spiritualities showing up at uh, people practicing African spiritualities showing up at Pantheacon. But anyway, um, Shango is the he's like the um, Yoruban Thor. He's the god of thunder and lightning. Uh, he's a great source of justice and righteousness, and he is also uh, the Orisha who's on my head, Oya in female form, who's the hurricane, and then Shango in male form, who's the thunder and lightning. And his colors are red and white, and his number is six. And the, I have the red and white dice with the number six. So I think Shango is talking to me a little bit here, right next to the dice cup of Perthro and the the bullet shell. So I think my father's mother's people, how I would associate these to the ancestor compass, is that my father's mother's people are kind of exhorting me here to go deeper in meditation, to focus more uh, on my spiritual development and my spiritual life. Whereas my mother's mother's people are very practical, very earthy, very use-your-head kind of common-sense people, Uh, my father's mother's people are profoundly magical and uh, manifest what they want and what they need in magical ways. And so I'm being reminded. Oh, also, um, Shango is known for uh, 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 ethic ethical authority with the voice and integrity with the voice. So I'm also being reminded to speak only the truth and to speak my truth clearly and loudly and with great conviction. So I do believe everything I'm saying. I mean, I have to 
tell you in case it sounds like I don't, but I do. Uh, <laughs> I love what I'm saying. I love this uh, conversation, and I, I love very much the, the subject that we're talking about. And so I'm getting that reminder from those people as well. And so that is a, just a, a small example of how it could work and how it's working for me in the moment and how I'm going to be sharing that uh, at PantheaCon. I, I mean, I still am working out some of the details, but um, that's the basic uh, takeaway that I would want people to have is just a basic way of using their casting tools and their divination sets to be able to um, uh, talk with their ancestors about a variety of questions and just to kind of begin the conversation, if, if they're to provide a way to begin the conversation um, if they've never worked with their people before. Excellent. Excellent. And, okay. uh, and I, I'm just going to toss this in as you were talking about all of those interpretations. Um, that uh-huh. especially for the ones you just talked about in the east, uh, that it, because oh, of the yeah. Odin, because of the Odin connection, especially um, that oh, yeah. perhaps that combination might also be saying, what sacrifice are you willing to make to drink from the well of your destiny as you're in between oh. jobs and pondering what direction to go? Um, yes, excellent, excellent. I like that very much, Icy. Thank you. Uh, so, so, and you've you now shown us and talked about, you know, the the either having a casting sheet or, uh, you know, different things like that. And this being the month of February, and in the United States anyway, the month of love and sex with yeah. Valentine's Day. Um, uh-huh. I I believe that you have perhaps brought us a a spread or a layout or a casting sheet or something um, related to that theme. Is that I have. I have indeed. And um, I'm hoping, let me just put my uh, little charms back in the bowl. Yes, you go. And what I have is, um, it's it's very simple, uh, where it it would be like a a two-sided layout. And on your, it it could be the the size of, say, a a simple sheet of paper. Um, But you know, basically eight and a half by 11. And on one side, on your left, the left-hand side, you would have what you need to call in your own personal Cupid. Okay, so what do you need to do to activate your Cupid? And then on the right-hand side would be what is your arrow? What are you going to uh, use to attract or I don't you know if we could get like really going with the innuendo here, but <laughs> the the arrow, uh, how are you going to um I guess pierce the heart of your beloved. Okay? And and, and and this and this would obviously apply whether somebody is um single or without a primary relationship and is looking yes. for one or if they are in uh, a, a relationship of some sort that you could also apply that to who you're in relationship as well. Sure. And if you, um, if you are single, it can be how um, your era can be what you want in order to activate your or how to get access to 
or come to a better loving understanding of your own higher self. Uh, because I think that confidence is the sexiest thing and really and what makes us or at least what makes me most confident is when I'm happy with myself and I don't know if that's true for for others I wouldn't want to presume but that would be how I would uh, frame it uh, for others who either weren't looking at the moment and were single or who were single and didn't really kind of know where to direct the energy I would just say, you know, direct it toward your higher self and how to make yourself more confident and feel more loving toward yourself. And, of course, you know, you can also make it work um, if you're also in a relationship and the other is currently connected to you. And and I'll just reassure you that we thrive on innuendo in this show, so so worry not oh, about okay. that. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, so, great because I'm blushing like crazy over here. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to get fired from Blog Talk Radio. Oh no! Oh no! What did no. I do? We, we we don't even know what it is to blush. Um, <laughs> so, is there a way that we could perhaps do that um, to illustrate it in process by either sure. asking for everyone listening whenever they hear this? you know, what it indicates for them? Or do we want to ask it like a wisdom question for the broader, bigger aspect of love? I will leave that choice up to you as to what you think would work best. Well, I think maybe leaving it uh, or um, making it a broader uh, question will definitely, I think, resonate with more people. But if people are uh, who are listening want to focus instead on their own particular partnership, um, they're perfectly willing to do or welcome to do that. Um, but it just if from I think from our perspective here, making the uh, question um, as broad as possible to be of assistance to as many people as possible and you know kind of yeah, oh go ahead. How about what's the secret to a happy relationship? Yeah, yeah, it's I think that is a wonderful <laughs> And whether that's yeah, with somebody then, else or with, with ourselves, being in a relationship with ourselves, just depending on whoever is listening and where they're at in their own life at right. this moment. Yeah, and then you can, uh, the first, uh, uh, the left-hand side would be uh, what is the aspect of you that you need to activate in order to come into closer relationship with your higher self, and then the the arrow would be uh, the the thing on the right hand side is what will help you um, to really focus on that. What will provide that focus, that intensity that we're looking for, that we all want so much at this time of year. All does right, does that make sense? It does. And okay. so now, are you going to to cast some charms for us? I will. I will cast some charms, and you guys are welcome to do so as well. I know, Charlie, do you have your charms as well? I do. I have them right by. Yay. Okay, so go ahead, and um, I don't know if you have any high speed or if you're just going to watch. (laughs) That's right. I'm I'm, I'm astrally projecting so I can just watch. Oh, okay. (laughs) Excellent. 
I'm tossing onto a cocktail uh, coaster. So let's see what we have here. Okay. What's the secret? Well, of course, Charlie, we cast on a cocktail coaster. Yeah, I'm not absolutely. saying it's oh. a problem, but let's just say. You're darn tootin'. Oh, okay. Okay, mm. now I actually cast... How many... Well, let me talk you through... Uh, yours, Charlie, and then we'll uh, sure. Well, let me mine. let me yeah, tell you. So yeah. mine, it's a little coaster, and it's got a little little picture of a a wine glass with a red cocktail in it. And so Aww. outside, let's talk about what's well. Let's talk about what's outside of this. So which I'm I'm going to define as the so in, uh, the things that didn't appear within the cocktail portion of the picture. I'm defining as the things that are not a part of having a uh, a, uh, a successful relationship, however you want to define okay. that. So we have. Okay. It's interesting. The um, the moon is outside of it. But this is um the tarot talismans set. Okay. So this is referring to the tarot moon. So you have to get rid of illusions. <laughs> you have to get rid of your own uh, mystifying True. illusions about what is um, going to, the, the relationship is going to be like. I think a lot of people, um, yeah. they, anything that, the, things seem like settling if you are competing with a uh, an ideal that is delusional. Mm-hmm. So it's knowing about, yeah. And, yeah. and so we also have, so uh, a court piece and a suit piece came out, which is the, the, um, oh. It's interesting. It's the club piece and the okay. um, page, the pawn. So that's telling oh, me that the page okay. of wands is a problem right. <laughs> for yeah. uh, um, relationships. How would I'm stalling for time for myself, so I'm throwing you into the bus. How would you define the page oh. of wands being a problem <laughs> for maintaining a relationship? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, that's it, you go ahead and throw me under that bus. I, yes. I am a powerful, <laughs> powerful being, and I will stop that bus in its tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that the Page of Wands in this particular draw um, or casting would be someone who's maybe got a little bit too much enthusiasm, mm-hmm. like somebody who is so focused on... Uh, a relationship or getting to whatever their ideal is that they're not really seeing the real you. you they're are. they're projecting. That is I think that is true the um God, I think back when I was younger <laughs> and uh uh-huh. single and the the big theme uh-huh. was always like that I wanted the relationship more than the other person and uh-huh. uh that's needy. No one wants that. No, in and in, in, in yeah. any relationship, if, if uh, well, maybe not in relationship yeah. itself, but like uh, in any healthy relationship, um, you're a little too eager. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, and it's it's not uh, it it's not focused on allowing things to develop. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it's like being so focused on the vision of what should be that there's no attention whatsoever being placed on what is. Yeah. You know, and then that's a mistake of the young or, well, so, let's 
flatter ourselves as we age that that's a oh, yeah. no, young. I've learned that lesson. <laughs> ne- <laughs> uh-huh. Never again let show revisit it. If I'm already past my Saturn return, we're done. So uh, inside oh, the glass, yeah. inside the 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 glass with the the lovely libation, we have so it goes uh-huh. skeleton, uh, spade, angel of judgment, and sun. So here's here's I'm gonna so I'm gonna say that oh, one more wow. time, and I'll give you my interpretation. So in in the order, skeleton, spade, which represents swords. So so death, right. swords, uh, judgment, sun. So all right. In order to be in a healthy relationship, you have to be willing to change <laughs> quite a bit. So there's a, there's uh-huh. a you have to um, you as you enter into a relationship will have to shift and give some things up and make some sacrifices, like Heisey uh, mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, in order to uh, change. And um, that skeleton is touching his little feet are dancing on the spade symbol. So these are. That's the sword. Oh. These are these are smart changes. These are the things that are like yeah. look. This isn't like what you feel or these, you know how you're how you're including right. it. This is like the things people tell you you need to change. Like you need to be accommodating of schedule, <laughs> whatever relationship mm-hmm. you need to be. Whatever, um, yeah. Uh, but also, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I keep running over you, so you go right ahead. No, that's oh, that's okay. No, um. I I was thinking that with the uh, death so close to the swords, uh, it would uh, indicate also to me um, a need to, uh, I don't want to be so dramatic about saying letting the mind die, but letting some thoughts, be uh, be willing to let some thoughts die about yeah, about relationship or about that uh, kind of connection mm-hmm. that you're looking for, um, to be willing to let that go uh, in order to activate perhaps one of the other suits, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the passion of clubs or if you were to do a larger cast that included um, the hearts and the diamonds to see kind of do where they show up and, you know, are they closer to being inside the coaster or inside the glass or are they outside and what the relationship is mm-hmm. between them and the others. But in this particular instance, I think it would be to uh, be willing to allow those thoughts that are not helpful to die and move into and to be ready and willing to move into whatever the next phase is that's mm-hmm. represented by judgment. Um, and uh, I love that angel, by the way. Isn't it cute? Such um, a sweet so, little angel. It's totally so cute. <laughs> and judgment and sun to me. Like, and I might. Me, oh. mm-hmm. I'll just yeah. I'll say my thing I see and then we'll get to you. <laughs> Which is that okay. so if you can exclude all of those things uh, that we mentioned earlier that are outside of the glass and if you can make those changes and sacrifices judgment and sun just tells me that the relationship will uh, lead to uh it leads to awakening awakening to your true better happier self i think a lot of people are happy in relationships and uh of, of any kind uh even the introverts right and so the, that's sort of the culmination uh the mm-hmm. awakening of who you are and the joy of that awakening which to me the sun is the joie <laughs> this yeah. part of you yeah, but yeah, I, I, uh, and moving... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. 
Oh, I, I'm sorry. I just, I'm so, it's it's the Irish thing. We are, mm-hmm. we are constantly talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, moving from the moon into the sun is a wonderfully positive, symbolic progression, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially, it, I think, um, having the sun so close to the other symbols as well uh, leads me to believe that the death that you're, uh, you're processing is a positive one. Mm-hmm. And it, it's one that's going to serve you very well. So I, I think that's a big yay right there. Excellent. And I see. You, you were yay. saying before I so rudely excluded <laughs> you from the conversation. Oh, that's all right. Thanks for the smackdown. Um, <laughs> no. Well, I, I I was just going to suggest uh, or offer with the that page of wands being on the outside um, that it may suggest that when you're ready to, because I always think of page of wands as very playful, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know pages mm-hmm. are children, and so for me there's this sense of when you're finally ready to grow up and get more serious about what you're really looking for mm-hmm. and wanting from relationships, mm-hmm. and you yes. have that discernment that comes with the judgment card, then mm-hmm. you will move mm-hmm. into the happiness and joy you're really seeking to experience in relationship because you'll see more clearly how to be able to go about doing that by setting aside the folly of youth or the the, the playfulness aspect that can get in the way of not being willing to commit or get serious and go deeper into a relationship mm-hmm. to see what it really has to offer. Mm-hmm. That's all. Oh, very well said. You yeah. do your learning ahead Excellent. of time. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> you must suffer first. There we go. All right. So that was my reading. Yay. Oh, excellent. Well, do you want to hear what came up over here? Sure. All right. Okay. Well, uh, they, on uh, the the left hand side, I'm I'm just casting on my table here. On the left hand side, I have the bone again, and a little spinning wheel and a mask. And I think for me, this is telling me uh, this is representing what I for the way I did it. Uh, what I need to call in and activate within myself. Uh, to sort of bring up or bring forward the energy of Valentine's Day to kind of help me, to turn me on, frankly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think for me the the mask is upside down, or, well, uh, it's, it's fallen face down. Mm-hmm. So I'm, cho- I'm choosing to read that as taking the mask off. And the hollow bone is to allow this sense of, divine function to uh, to just kind of breathe its way through me. In other words, to let it flow and not try to stop it and not try to hang on to it or to analyze every single thing that's happening because I do tend to do that. But instead to just let it flow, you know, and to be playful and to just be honest about who I am um, and kind of how how I work and how I operate. And, you know, I've, I've always been so very um, critical of myself and not being able to connect in relationships the way so many of my friends do. I, I get so geeky and, and ridiculously shy and all of this other sort of nonsense. And to just, instead of getting down on myself about that, to just kind of open up and flow with it. 
and to allow whatever is within me as the divine Cupid to just let that come out because I mean, Cupid is portrayed as a baby for a reason. He's a very playful energy, and I have that. So I think we all do. And to just let that, to open up and let that flow, uh, I think would be uh, sort of what I'm being called on to do here, and to let the mask fall away. And then on uh, my arrow, I actually, uh, the, the what I need to um, kind of use as tools here, um, it's funny, uh, one of the tools that I need to use is actually the hammer. <laughs> I think I'm getting divine uh, permission here to look at everything as a nail. Uh, you know how if you're, uh, you are a hammer, you see everything as a nail? And I have a permission to go nail things. <laughs> uh, woohoo! <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> okay. What were we saying about innuendo earlier? Oh, gosh. I don't know how that applies uh, here. Um, I don't know either. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it might also, you know, um, for and some that, reason, that the hammer made me think of Thor. <laughs> and and for some reason, oh, it made me think, give yourself permission to come on strong. You know, you don't have to play coy. Oh, yes. If you're going to take the mask off, just be yourself, go uh-huh. after what you want, and be bold and, and go for it rather than waiting for them to notice yes. you or to come up to you. Hit them over the head. Yes. Drag them home. Hit them over the head and drag them off to my cave. I love that. And uh, right, that's excellent. Very, very well done. Um, and right next to it is the peace symbol. And I think that is uh, really emphasizing what you just said about that, to be at peace with that and to be okay with being aggressive, that there's nothing wrong with being aggressive because I I tend to be so passive about these things and taking a more aggressive tack is okay. Uh, There's nothing wrong with it. And um, right next to it is the uh, rune Rado which is the R shape, and that is the horse. I think it's the horse. Uh, I don't know. I'm still learning the runes, but uh, I have my rune book, and I'd be looking at it. Uh, Rado is like the, the, the chariot. It's like the cart. Oh, okay. Okay, and forward movement is what's implied. And so just going with the flow and not being afraid to be thought of as fast. I think would be the message I'm getting here, and then the uh, the red dice came up or the red die came up again, and the number this time is two. Hooray! So I need to go get me a partner. <laughs> Stat. <laughs> Stat, right? Go now! Hurry up! That's a good reading. Excellent. Well, right on. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And uh, Oh, you're welcome. For your practice. Now, how can people find you if they're so... Well, if, they're, if they want to talk to you about readings or uh, divination. I know you'll be at Pantheacon this weekend, but how yes. else can people reach you? Well, they can uh, reach me on my blog at uh, musesdarling.com. And that's uh, just M-U-S-E-S. D-A-R-L-I-N-G dot com. And I post there uh, six out of seven days usually um, with daily draws. And I have information on there about how to email me 
uh, for readings if people are interested in that, or they can find me on Facebook uh, under my name. It's just Karen Krebser. Um, and then, of course, I'll be at PantheaCon and, uh, doing readings, actually. I think Friday and Saturday afternoons I'll be doing readings outside the vendor room if anybody happens to come by. Um, and then I'll also be at BATS uh, this summer, I think August, uh, and will hopefully be available to do readings then. Excellent. So yeah. you have, you've offered to stick around for our Living the Queer Life segment, which comes up next. Uh, oh, are you sure. still able to do yeah. that? All right. I and, am. I am. And, um, we're going to do it a little differently this time than we normally do, where normally we would just use the tarot and pull cards. Uh, but this time we're actually going to try out the charm method. And Charlie oh, has excellent. already thrown his charms, and we've decided to make it a bit queer, so we've thrown the charms on the cover of a gay magazine because, you know, what better Sacred. way to do oh, a reading? Love it. Yeah, what better way uh-huh. to do a reading than looking at a, 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 a chiseled young man in his underwear? Um, so oh, fabulous. If, so if uh, you, Karen, and anybody listening, if you would like to go to our Facebook page, we've posted the picture of the cover with the charms on it so that we can all look at it and see what it is that we're talking about and offer our um, interpretations, suggestions for what it might be indicating from what came up. Um, and so in order to do that, you can just go to facebook.com slash the Amethyst Oracle, and it'll be right there at the top of the the feed because we just posted it a little while ago. Um, so we're going to have a quick break. We'll give people a chance, have a little bit of tea, go over to the Facebook page, find the picture, look at it, think about what those charms might represent to you. And when we come back from the break in a couple of minutes, then we'll talk about what it might indicate for how we can live our queerest selves in the coming month fully and fabulously. (laughs) So we will be right back. And I will remind people, if you'd like to get into the queue for a reading, um, you can Skype in from the show page or you can call 646-716-5510. So we will be right back after this special song chosen specially for Karen. She's a girl that ready
You're listening to the Emma Historical Divination with a Queer Twist with hosts High C and Charlie Harrington on Firefly Willows L I V E. Find out more at Facebook.com slash the Amethyst Oracle. And there it is. You see what we did there? That that woman that radiates that charm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Aww, so that was just for thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Hooray. So hopefully if people are listening live, and even if you're not, uh, the picture will still be on the Facebook page, so you can easily go and look at it while you listen to this segment anyway. Um, you will see the picture there of the cover of DNA Magazine with some charms that have been tossed across it. Uh, Fabulous, and, uh, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, Charlie, since you've cast this, do you want to, mm-hmm. to lead us off here as to... Uh, sure. I'll let you see what, know what I see, and then you can kind of, we can go from there. So, first thing... Um, is the high priestess charm landed right over his left eye. And so that indicates to me that one of the, like the first thing, that's the place I begin, is that to, to try your very best to see what is true at this time, true within yourself, true outside of yourself. And the high priestess suggests often kind of just just observing at this time, and right next to the high priestess is the lantern of the hermit. So this is a this is a journey that the person is going on um, into themselves, and uh, the emperor has uh, been inverted next to that uh, hermit lantern, so that that uh, the pharaoh the char the set version of the emperor. So that indicates to me that this. Um, journey might subvert different power structures. We might say patriarchy. <laughs> uh the queer mm-hmm. the queer experience, uh living the queer life tends to be a problem for the patriarchy. So there's that. And then if we just turn our eyes, you know, down that torso, uh at his core, at the the sacral chakra, we see uh, the star card. So the most hopeful image in this entire spread, entire throw for me, is the star card is, is the core. It, it is our core strength. And the, the, the star for me is one, like, real hope, actual hope, hope that is, is connected to divine source. And also, um, for me, the star coming where it does in the tarot is often about how to heal from pain, how to heal from tragedy. It comes right after that tower card, right? After the devil in the tower. So... At our core, our, 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 one of our great truths, <laughs> uh, queer people, whoever, whoever identifies that way, is the hope and healing are there. Now, there's. it's interesting to me, the empress is upside down at his left hand, and the queen 
uh, token showed up in his right mm-hmm. bicep. And the uh, closest charm to that, that's sort of um, uh, near it, is the, um, or the, the suit charm is the spade. So that lets you know that that is the queen of swords. So he has the inverted queen of swords and the um, inverted empress. <laughs> uh, on his arms. So, I mean, to me, that might indicate uh, <laughs> embracing the feminine. Um, and, all right, okay, now here's, this is where I might lose some people, but, you know, and this is where, like, you know, your mileage may vary, but embracing the, the sort of what is dark about the feminine, what is scary about the feminine, what is uh, terrifying. I like that the the Queen of Swords is. If we're looking at him um, cabalistically, and I look at all guys like this cabalistically, uh, the um, Empress is the pillar of of mercy, and the uh, Queen of Swords is the pillar of severity. So I think that there is. Um, I don't know that there's anything there. I just thought I'd, I'd sound very smart if I pointed that out, but the. Um, <laughs> There is the embracing of the de- okay. I could see it at at its just at its most surface level, embracing the the feminine. It's the arms, the hand, it's the the feminine symbols. Okay, embrace the feminine. And if we look at them as inverted or upside down or on their head, it's sort of embracing what is mysterious or scary or bitchy. If since that Queen of Swords mm-hmm. is inverted um, and uh, not 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 motherly, maybe the. Uh, the the sort of more the uh, the uh, Joan Collins kind of um no not Joan Collins God love her what's her name the uh, Joan Crawford Joan Crawford mommy dearest okay yeah. I don't know maybe maybe not maybe you knew right who that. you meant there we go <laughs> no yeah. hangers so uh, I'm gonna stop talking there and allow you to gaze upon <laughs> this image uh, oh well me or high C of the both of yeah. I mean okay, the one oh, the last thing excellent. I will say is the hanged man is right there on his crotch and letting yeah. us know that he's hung. Uh-huh. I yeah, and that acrobatics are are not only a possibility but a probability. <laughs> Wee. I love So what do you the, what do you uh, see here, Karen? I uh, my eyes I I did notice I confess my eyes went right to the crotch, and mm-hmm. I saw the hanged man. And after that, my next, uh, the next uh, charm that I saw was the scales o- over 69. And I just thought that was wonderful because 69 is uh, such a figure of balance, and the scales are about balance and uh, the balance of justice. And so I, I I like the idea of uh, sort of being moderate and balanced in all of your exertions uh, and giving as well as receiving. I, I like that very much. And the upside down judgment, is that who that, the dancer? Oh, no, that's the world. Um, the dancer is the world and... She's reversed right now, so something is not quite complete, uh, but maybe you can see it from here, you know, uh, you can see it from where you are, that you're not quite ready or you're not quite done with 
something that you, a, a process that you're going through, or perhaps um, a, a type of person that you enjoy relationships with, uh, but maybe you're starting to kind of get over a little bit, uh, you know, especially if you're getting past the enthusiasm and hyper cheer of the uh, page of um, of wands, uh, but you still do enjoy that youthful exuberance a little bit, uh, that that's okay. And you can roll with that, especially since the club is right there. All right. All right. Up in the club. Anything you see, high C? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to go uh, philosophical here. Mm-hmm. And oh. if we, because we have these very strong feminine aspects that are coming to the fore, and we have the masculine aspects that are being kind of turned upside down or turned away, you know, because we have the mm-hmm. emperor, which is off the person and reverse. Um, we have the the club, which is off the person, so it's kind of moving away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and, and so then we have the high priestess upright, and it's by that eye. So it's a sense of being able to see a new world or a new vision. And perhaps it's queer people can be a very instrumental part in being able to see a new world and a new definition of matriarchy. Um, and that the 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 queen and the high priestess being reversed on the arm and on the hand says you can you can embrace that feminine aspect or that matriarchal aspect and we and it can come on strong but it doesn't have to come on bitchy you know we don't have to play mm. into that stereotype of what has kind of using that example, it's interesting using that example of like Mommy Dearest or even Joan Collins when you think of like Dynasty or whatever, but it's that sense mm-hmm. of a strong woman is a bitch on wheels yeah. and or mm-hmm. an angry woman. And the reversals of these kind of say, but it doesn't have to be that. It's a redefinition of what feminine can mm-hmm. be, what matriarchy can be. Mm-hmm. And that reversed world says, we can we can envision a different world and like you were saying it it's it's in view but it's not here yet but we have to maybe turn our perspective around or upside down in order to start really seeing what's possible and how to create it um mm-hmm. and the star card being right there in the core the core is so instrumental in being centered uh it's it's kind of that place of strength for the body you know if you want any sort of balance or anything it's always work the core strengthen the core and that healing aspect says at the core of this is approaching whatever needs to change and however the world needs to shift by seeing it as what can I do to help heal what has been rather than I'm simply fighting against what has been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and love I, and I do, the support of, oh, yeah. Uh, well, I was just going to say, and because you pointed out too, I had noticed the scales on the sixty-nine as well, and I thought, well, that's mm-hmm. great for Valentine's Day because really that shows that's the most, you know, equitable and fair uh-huh. <laughs> position, let us say, because everybody's getting some uh-huh. and nobody's doing all the work, and somebody else is is doing all of, getting all the pleasure. Um, but. Yeah, yeah, um, and I was just going to say that the reverse. Empress is right over the word beauty. 
so we're invited, I think, to what you were saying just a minute ago, see about being invited to see things in a new way uh, instead of being sort of uh, trapped in the uh, ideals of the past, that we have a new way of seeing outside ourselves and a new way of seeing other people. We don't have to judge uh, based on the ideas and concepts of the past, but a new way of uh, sort of discerning the feminine is coming in and that it's a wonderful thing. So for the coming month, for anyone listening to this, whenever you hear it, it it could be suggesting that there is a need to see the world we want to create, but see it in a different way or take a different perspective and embrace the feminine aspect, which can be more more receptive in a sense, but it says we don't have to bludgeon people over the head in order to get them to accept our worldview versus we can mm-hmm. actually lull them into our worldview the more we make it a an experience of healing and touching on those wounds that are universal to all of us rather than making it just about what I need to feel better about myself and I'm not worried about how that affects others or what others are going through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there's my summation. <laughs> Yeah, it's excellent. It's excellent. I think it it ties in directly and uh, very neatly with the high priestess and the hermit on the head, you know, to have uh, that willingness to do the inner work and to allow the doing of the inner work to affect the outer vision uh, so that we don't go using our old eyes to see people, but we're willing to see them in a new way based on the inner work that we do on ourselves. Yes. Excellently said. Oh, thank you. Uh, anything <laughs> you else? you said it first, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, any, no, I would anything just else everybody... from you, Charlie? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm fine. We're good. <laughs> and once again, we have cut you off, Karen. Please continue. <laughs> oh, no, I I just wasn't sure if we were uh if we were completing yet and I was just going to say good night but um I so I I didn't mean to cut anybody off. Oh. Um well, so th- we are completing this segment. Uh we are going to oh, okay. give people a chance for readings. Um we can bid you adieu if you are now at uh, a point that you need to depart. Uh and Yes, I, I think I, I do actually see myself turning into a pumpkin <laughs> fairly shortly. <laughs> right. So I I think I uh, will say adieu for now, and I'm looking forward to I hope I will see you at PantheaCon, will I? Oh, yes. Well, you'll see me. <laughs> oh, uh, Charlie, excellent. Charlie, okay. I'll, I'll be there. We'll see, we'll see you there. Yeah, so you've oh, been forewarned. Well, Yes. Run the other way. No, not at all. I'm looking forward to seeing you both. Uh, And thank you so much for this opportunity. I've enjoyed it so much. Well, thanks for taking the time and and, and joining us for it. Um, Oh, you're welcome. Okay, well, have fun. All right. You too. Okay. Oops. Oops. 
<laughs> yes, happy Valentine's Day to you too. I'm sure that's what you were going to say. Um, <laughs> uh, if you are wanting to get into the Q4 reading, you want to get get going on that, get on Skype or call 646-716-5510. We will be back just after this break and start doing some of those readings. So we are looking forward to talking with you, and now is your chance to get into that queue so that you can have your chance to get a reading too. Moteur, action, tapis rouge Elle rentre dans le club comme une star d'Hollywood Elle veut qu'on l'appelle mademoiselle Elle y tient parce qu'elle est seule Rapproche pas, elle n'est pas faite pour toi Son parfum flotte dans l'air autour de moi C'est une reine qui ne veut pas de roi Il faut que je sois un as pour qu'elle n'ait pas le choix Hako, mama, go, mama, go, mama, go, J'aime voir la sueur couler sur ta on l'a dit artificielle, mais on s'en fout qu'est-ce qu'elle est belle Si la courtille se brûle les ailes, le cabaret retient son souffle Elle enflamme la piste comme une pyromane, vole des cœurs comme une tête homane Plus haut que le ciel, elle fait du mouvement une perle rare comme un bijou d'époque Hey go mama Go mama go mama go mama go J'aime voir la sueur couler sur ta peau Go mama go mama go mama go Don't stop vas-y vas-y donne leur show Go mama 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 go La vie est dans une valise Elle profite de chaque seconde Laisse-moi être son guide filet à fog autour du monde You're listening to the Amethyst Oracle Divination with a Queer Twist with hosts High C and Charlie Harrington. Hey, go, go, mama. Matt Bora, whose album just came out this week. 
and it's called Dread So, this is the portion of the show where you, the fair and dear listener, have a chance to receive a reading. And we do have someone waiting in the queue, so we're going to go ahead and jump on to to the show and and thanks for staying up so late to talk with us. Wow. <laughs> so you're a fellow reader. You've been to the Bay Area Terror Symposium. Yes, I actually presented once. <laughs> oh, right on. So what would you like for us to look at for you this evening? Um, I would like to know what message the universe has for me at this time. Okay. And in and, and any particular field or just uh well, uh that would require multiple readings, so let's just okay, see what comes cool. up in we will general. see what comes through. <laughs> Alrighty. So hang on, I'm just gonna I got the shuffling. Alright. So we're gonna hear what is the message and what can we do with it. So one last card for what can we do with it. So Alright. So three cards at the top. The message is the devil, strength, <laughs> and the queen of wands. So you, okay, so I'm, so you you will know exactly what this is pertaining to, but the sort of the, the message from the universe is that you have the power to overcome the thing that has been keeping you back for a long time, the, the, you can break the chains now that you were unable to break in the past. The uh-huh. uh, transition here from... So the devil is all about the external, right? He has that open hand and the uh, no longer looking to other people or other systems or other things for answers and for happiness, but having that within. And so... And having that now as opposed to having that before. So the transition, though, from strength to the Queen of Wands suggests that once you make that break, once you cut ties with the thing that is holding you back, um, you will be an incredibly powerful person and the power of your charisma um, that you inherit from this experience is going to be important. People are going to see you differently. The Queen of Wands to me, she is the she's the uh, she's the host of the party, and she is 
uh, she she radiates joy and happiness in a way that she's sort of the opposite. She's on the opposite end of that sort of devil that radiates darkness. So where people are going to start seeing you differently. People are going to see start seeing you uh, in the light. And the okay. So the question is. So I always draw one. The, my last card at the bottom is how do I do this? Like how do I use this? What how do I practically use this? Like it's a it's a nice big message, but what do I how do I do that? And I got the three of wands, which <laughs> represents a need for a risk to happen. Um, the three of wands is so for me. Three is more manifesting. Wands is more manifesting, more passionate about. So um, it's important to begin a journey right now and and begin if that's taking a class if that's moving physically or if that's creating your website whatever it is so like the three ones to me is all about okay like i've had this passion i've had this dream i've had this thing i've wanted forever okay i'm actually going to take the smallest start and trust that it is going to be able to continue and grow and so taking a step in the right direction so we mentioned um a website? I don't know if that's something that um, you've been thinking about. Yes. Um, but, I have a website, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so some, uh, also so starting something up. So if, so if it's starting to teach, um, starting to um, kind of really beginning in a formative way. So if it's starting to teach, which I don't know, that's coming, kind of coming through a little bit, the, the answer is um, you have to can put it put it out there into the world um in your social network that this is you you are ready to begin this journey and you're looking for uh yeah, maybe some insights along the way does that resonate for you teaching not, well, not right teaching, now the three, of, the three of wands kind of there's a some, something to create or something that you're ready to really begin <laughs> in a strong way is that coming through or yes I'm a self-published writer. Um, I've already self-published two books, and the third one comes out hopefully next month. And I am revamping my website to try and maximize my profits. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, thinking of doing something kind of radical, but I haven't. I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it. So oh, oh, this looks like it's a good time for radical. It's it's uh, to me the three ones is like the like the trust. I'm just going to trust. And I'm going to continue to put my work out there in the world and you mentioned so the queen of wands she's make the social media maven <laughs> kind, <laughs> kind of person I'm on so. twitter a lot mm-hmm. i've built a i've built a stronger following on twitter mm, cool <laughs> so that will be very useful to you in the next uh, couple of months okay twitter <laughs> what about you high c Well, the f- the first thing I think that I would jump off of there um, is, you know, three is a number of birth and creation. So it does indicate that it's time for something to be moving towards the birthing process or to be um, pushed out into the world. Uh, and I would say that the three of wands is probably speaking to this idea of it's time to go bigger. It's time to go broader. Um that we we have to go into foreign territory at this point. We can't keep just um, plowing the same fields uh, or or trying to get more out of the same landscape. Uh, we have to venture further afield in order to either grow our brand, um, you know, expand the website, uh, increase our reach and awareness, 
um, and not be afraid to go into unfamiliar terrain. It's like going to a foreign country where we don't speak the language. Go. We'll get. We'll figure out how to communicate there. We will learn the culture. We don't have to know it before we go. It's just important that we actually go. Um, so the cards that came up for me, and I just did two because I did, you know, one for what the message is, and two what we need to be doing with it. Uh, and the 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 message is the star card reversed, which for me just means it comes up upside down. Uh, and you know. On the one hand, the reversal of that could say that we have gotten off course or that we have lost our way um, and that we're not quite aligned with our uh, right path uh, to be on. Now, earlier we talked about the star being about healing and the reversal of this could say that there is some healing work that we need to be doing internally or on ourselves first. And that would include things like um, you know, uh, fixing a website or, or updating a website kind of thing. It's like that's doing the internal healing part uh, in order to support the the growth process and the birthing process of what we're creating. Um, I will also say reversals can indicate delays. And I think that this is really important to mention because this card and then the other card is the Ten of Wands reverse. Um, the fact that both are reversed and the fact that wands is very fiery and ten of wands especially can be very explosive. It, it, you know, it can be about burnout. It can be about breakdown. It's about taking on too much. So on the one hand, the reversal of that would say it's time for us to be lightening our load. There are some things that we need to shed, release, or let go of rather than just adding one more thing to the mix. So as you're bringing this new project into being, there are some other things that may need to be released or let go of so that our energy isn't getting completely sapped by trying to maintain everything. Astrologically, March, is, the end of February as well, is an extremely challenging and difficult time period. It's, um, it's a period of conflagration. It's a period of explosiveness. Um, there's a certain danger aspect to the month. So when you said that you were planning to release your book next month, I would actually encourage you to wait until the latter part of April to release it. And do a little bit more tidying up or perhaps preparing a website that will support it so when the book comes out, that's all in place, whatever it is. Um, specifically, April 20th, right around April 20th, would be an extremely good... Well, then make the 23rd, your birthday... The 23rd, yeah. <laughs> then make your birthday present to yourself, the release of this next book. The reason is because we're going to have a Grand Earth Trine, um, and that is... Uh, that's an amazing time for bringing something into manifestation and then seeing it be able to not only be sustainable, but to grow, to build, and to become something very rewarding. Um, so in that regard, I would actually encourage you to consider <laughs> a little more gestation time, okay. doing some of the, the behind-the-scenes work in order for everything to be ready to go and to launch out into the world at the same time and really push it out there around that April 20th time frame. Um, 
and it's a grand earth shrine because we kick off Taurus right then. Um, I mean, there's other aspects to it, but it's it, it, Earth is so great for for bringing something into being. That's the manifestation element, uh, you know. And so, if we're birthing something, that's when we would want to birth it. Is in an Earth sign. That's when we want to make it real and have it come into the world. Um, and okay. part of this process may be the reverse star card saying we need to readjust our course. Uh, re-examine or reassess the path or the direction we're going down or considering going down because that may not be quite right. Um, And part of that says look up rather than look down. (laughs) Uh, I always think of the star card, you know, like ships out on the sea when they have to find their way. They use the the star to to plot their course or to stay on course from. Uh, And Mm -hmm. the reversal of this can say that we may not be looking at the right star, or we haven't looked up recently, and we've gotten more off course than we might realize, and we need to readjust before engaging the engines to fully move forward. Otherwise, we'll be heading off in the wrong direction and get further and further uh, astray. Okay. Um, So, you know, the, the... reversals to me represent the potential of the upright. So it's not like it's saying something isn't going to happen or saying no to something. I think it's more the delay aspect and really taking into account the astrological um, uh, parts of it that are kind of saying we need to do some assessment, reassessment, reevaluation, readjustment in order to have everything ready and to be heading in the right direction when we really launch this so that it has the greatest possibility and potential for coming to full term and being rewarding and successful. And doing that, I think the birthing time is more uh, around that April 20th time period. I, I really think using your birthday, so your your birthday is actually April 23rd. Is that right? That's correct. Yep. So, um Yeah. So, you know, as of your birthday, you're going to go into an eight year, and eight is the number of work and reward, but it's also seeing tangible results from the things that we put effort into and starting to see something become real that we've been working on or working towards. So there's there, there's a nice confluence of energies that are happening right around that time that I think point more towards the better time to launch something okay. out into the world, to birth something into being. Okay. Okay. Cool beans. <laughs> Anything else from you, Charlie? No, I think that that sounds like I like that you. Uh, I'm a I'm a April twentieth baby, so uh, hey. <laughs> as a oh. as a ter- tourist, I'm certain that you will be very successful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, it's it's that it's going to be an extremely auspicious time for you for for earth signs in general actually. It's going to be a, a quite auspicious period. So any earth signs out there listening that April you can hear the sound 20th, of our voice. Late late April time period is going to be extremely auspicious for you to be um, implementing things, initiating things, moving things to the next level, making things real, bringing them into being, seeing things manifest, and and the reward that we can get from it. So keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, Well, thank you for calling in. I thank you very much for the reading. You gave me a lot to chew on, so I'm pretty happy about <laughs> Hopefully that. we'll see you again at another Bay Area Tarot Symposium. Okay, one of these days. Uh, right on. <laughs> one of these All right. Days. Okay. You mean in Y'all August? Have a good evening. Thank you. You mean we'll see you in August? Mm-hmm. 
You mean we'll see you in August? What's in August? Uh, there the, bats. the bats, the next bats. The other bats? No, I won't make it this year. Okay. I don't think. Future date. That, that's, that's what I'm saying now. I just, you never know. It's only February. Cool. Who knows where <laughs> right I might on. be in August. <laughs> and then for that's some right. social media, why don't you plug your website right now? Uh, yeah, yes, uh, my website is www.tiffscribes, that's T as in Tom, I-F-F-S-C-R-I-B as in boy, E-S, you know, like writing, tiffscribes.com. Wonderful. And, and if and you follow Twitter? me on Twitter, at tiffscribes. All right. And Facebook? Facebook.com slash tiffscribes. All right. So there you go. Then, Thank then, you then very much. May, may you have hmm? a may may you have a painless as possible birthing process, and you will if you wait <laughs> until April. Okay, I'm all about not paying because I don't have any human children, so and really not trying to go there. So yeah, <laughs> painless right. painless is good. Okay, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, y'all. Good night. Good night. Enjoy the evening. Thank you. You too. All right. And so, Charlie, it seems that perhaps here we that are will again bring to the conclusion of yet another episode of the Amethyst Oracle. Oracle, 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 Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a delight. I'm looking forward to seeing you and Karen at Pantheacon. And yes, and our um, thanks to happy, Karen for being mm-hmm. here. And happy Valentine's Day, whoever you are, wherever you go. <laughs> so. May may it be charmed for you. And we will see you here again next month, second Tuesday of each month. And you can always listen to past shows at, um, here at blogtalkradio.com slash Firefly Willows Live or on iTunes. Just search for Firefly Willows Live. And you can find us, the Amethyst Oracle, on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Amethyst Oracle. So until next time, may blessings surprise you around every corner. The Amethyst Oracle. Divination with a queer twist. Divination with a queer twist. The Amethyst Oracle. Thank you for joining us. This program was brought to you by Firefly Willows L-I-V-E. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Caracella. Please join us next time on Firefly Willows L-I-V-E for Convergence with John Caracella, Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m.